Welcome back. Richard, we are midway through the first <laughs> month of the new year. And I'm laughing because one of the things I need to do today is take down my Christmas tree. <laughs> um, it, it, and I only say that because, um, you know, January, it just seems January, like, you should take it down. <laughs> here we are. It's already the middle of January. You know, we're, we're actually past the midpoint of January. And it's just unbelievable that um, it, it, it just... It, everything is just sort of tumbling by. Right. You know, it's going by very quickly. It um, is. It's, yeah. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't help that it's that where it seems like each week there's something, some new big event, big, incident, <laughs> something that's going on that's taking everybody's attention and giving us uh, something new to focus on. Right. Um, yeah. But, but my daughter, my daughter lives in Washington, DC, and she said it's, it really, you, the, mili the military is in, is really, see, there's um, vehicles and soldiers and the place, the place has been locked down. She had a hard time getting to her office. She had to have all kinds of documentation just to get to her office because it's two or three, it's like two blocks from the Capitol. And wow. you, it, it, they won't let you anywhere near the Capitol. Yeah. Unless you have, you have to have some kind of special pass or some kind of special credentials to get into the perimeter um it's really locked down so sad sad but you're, you're right so much is going on and you know you try to stay up with it and all of a sudden the days and the weeks are just flying by you know? they so. are and, and and it of course um you know covid continues to be a, a major topic it continues to be a major theme <clears throat> into this new year um for for some good reasons and some for for some challenging reasons. Uh, right. Good reasons, of course, is we have um, you know the the vaccines are being um, delivered. Um, you know, there's some of course discussion about um, how quickly they're being how quickly they're uh, becoming available, how um, how broadly they're becoming available, um, but they're becoming available nonetheless. Right. And, and um, but on the other side, you know, we are losing. Uh, just over about 4,000 people a day. You know, we, we a couple of weeks ago, when we were losing 3,000 per day, we were saying it's the equivalent of eight passenger jets crashing every day. You know, the, right. um, and now we're up to 40, over a little over 4,000 a day are dying. And so there's this odd um, uh, combination, uh, conjunction of factors, where on the one hand, everybody's becoming more optimistic. But on the other hand, the numbers keep getting worse around the world. They're yeah. getting worse around the world. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you're right though. There is some, it, so we call it a conditional optimism. Right. You know, it's um, the, the vaccine promises to um, slow or maybe even stop the pandemic. Although there was a report out uh, on Friday that and we've said this many times, this, this virus will always be with us. Right. It will, you know, like all viruses are, they're, they're always around, they're ubiquitous. So this will always be with us, but with the vaccine, we can slow it down or maybe even stop it um, at, at least as we have with other viruses. Um, the other thing, the other optimistic thing about the, the vaccine is that if you do get, if you're vaccinated and you get the virus, your symptoms are probably going to be uh, much milder, and that's good news as well because um, that reduces hospital visits and 
um, and the morbidity or the mor morbidity and mortality that comes with the disease. So, so the vaccine vaccine offers us some hope, but um, we have to condition that hope with some other issues that are beginning to emerge. Absolutely, and you know, I think that um, the article that we found to to discuss today really hits on an important point, yeah. uh, a point that we've you know, sort of alluded to a few times on the podcast as we've talked about, um, you know, sort of the consequences associated with quarantining and being in isolation and some of the social distancing and, and things that we're, we're, we're having to live with right now. Um, but it, it really started to bring it home as it relates to COVID itself, you know, just the, right. the, the, the broader um, effects of uh, COVID and the, you know, from economics to um, to, you know, sort of interpersonal, how that is affecting our mental health. Right. Yeah, because we know now, you know, we, we've learned about this disease. You know, you talk, there's a funny phrase we used to use, you build it while you're flying it. Right. Um, and that, that certainly is the case with this. We have learned so much um, over the, the past year. Now it's been almost a year we've been dealing. So we learn, and now we're, what we're learning is, the, there are some long-term, for many people, there are long-term effects. Of right. You don't just get, a, when you get a cold, you get a cold and you get over it and the symptom, then you're symptom free and you're free. But, but this, this virus may linger in some people. Right. And it's another one of those confusing aspects of the disease, why some people seem to have a mild case and get over it with, with no, um, um, no after effects and other right. people get it and they seem to suffer long-term sequelae and symptoms persist. Uh, for weeks or months, and we don't know how long they'll persist because we've only been doing this for a year. Right, and, and some of the long-term effects that the CDC have talked about are, are physical things, with, from right. the from fatigue right. and, and shortness of breath and chest <clears throat> uh, pain, and um, you know, lots of lots of effects on on the body itself. Right, um, as it relates, we, to you, you and I know a person um, who had the, the virus um, right. early on. I think in the spring. Mm -hmm. um, she got the virus and she says she still feels um, shortness of breath and some right. chest pain um, from the and that was my goodness probably seven months ago or longer yeah and um, and she's still having some she said she notices some things I know some other people have had it more recently um, they they were free of the virus but three weeks later they said they're still exhausted they all they want to do is sleep and so so there are these the, the possibility of lingering effects. Some are physical, um, fatigue and shortness of breath, um, but um, it can also include um, some um, psychological effects, right. some long-term psychological effects. So in, the, um, in this article, uh, they mentioned the, the various effects that the disorder may have, the various physical effects. What we wanna talk about is psychiatric, psychological right. uh, long-term effects. Um, and once again, we're reminded that there, there is no safe, there's no safe experience with this disease. It's almost a, it's almost a gamble that, right. that you're taking. You know, some people say, well, I had it and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And other people are not fine. Some people are dying. Some people, um, it takes a long time to recover. And other people seem to be struggling months uh, later uh, with the after effects of the disease. So again, we stress the best policy is prevention. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to, to really, again, emphasize that 
it, it's the way that an, any individual responds to it is is unpredictable. Right. You, um, you know, you, you can have there. We know of people and there's been plenty of reports where, you know, a, a couple who live together um, will get it. They'll both have it. And one of them will have very mild symptoms um, and recover very quickly, while the other one is nearly, if not hospitalized, nearly hospitalized. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, we, we know people or have seen reports of people who are um, athletes, very physically fit, and mm -hmm. they suffer, you know, serious consequences and serious symptoms of it. So it, it doesn't, um, it, it is certainly equal opportunity um, when it comes to um, some of those some of those consequences, because we just can't anticipate how any particular person is going to respond to the to that virus. That's right. And people people continue to be a little bit cavalier about this virus. You know, you talk to many people and they say, oh, it's no big deal. Or I know people have had it and they're fine. But it is a roll of the dice. Um, and you're not going to know until until you get if you get the disease, what the what the um, short term, intermediate term and long term effects might be on your body. You know, you might survive, but you might survive with long term physical and psychological consequences. Most of the people I talk to um, have some mild depression um, mm -hmm. afterwards, but I think that's related to the fatigue. And they just, most of all, they talk about chronic fatigue. They just, um, and there is a possibility that you could, that many people could end up with chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, that Guillain-Barre um, is another one that is associated with these kinds of viruses. That's more temporary, but chronic fatigue syndrome, as the name implies, is a chronic could be a chronic condition. So again, we we like everybody else who studies this disease um, and is serious about it, urge you to um, prevent if you possibly can. How do you prevent? Our good friends, masks, washing your hands, avoiding crowds, and stay outside. Don't 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 be caught in right. small spaces, homes, and restaurants. So. Again, um, we everybody's urged to prevent if you can. Right, and and so as the the, the title of the article that we're going to be talking, pulling information from today, uh, suggests the, the the main issue um, because we have the pin the um, the vaccine that's going to help with hopefully with the physical um, symptoms and the um, and, and the acquisition, I guess the the the. Uh, becoming um, infected by the virus um, is going to help with all of those things. Um, right. The the topic uh, today is that mental health is is going to be the biggest pandemic mm -hmm. issue that we face this year. Right. Um, because we, we are all going to be, you know, even if we're all physically well, we're still going to be dealing with the psychological and emotional uh, consequences of the past year. Um, and, and all that's happened over the past year, from, from losing loved ones um, to losing employment uh, to the, the financial uh, loss in general a bit. You know, I, I talked to a lot of students and a lot of students are really distressed right now, um, especially students who are just starting in college or just, you know, are graduating high school or graduating college. You know, they're, they're feeling as though, you know, all that they had been looking forward to for the past 12, 13, 14 years, you know, all of that is gone because, you know, I, they're not able to enjoy life at, you know, on college campuses and stuff because everything is virtual. 
you know, so, um, so it's affecting everybody in different ways. And I, again, the topic today is really going to be focusing on that mental health aspect. Right, because 20, 2020 was just, you know, everybody laughs about 2020, you know, when we got to the end of the year, we're saying, aren't we glad this is over? 2020 was a tumultuous, confusing, um, I don't, there are no adjectives left to describe what 2020 was like. And the disease sort of um, took over everything. It, it just overwhelmed country after country. And, um, and so we were caught in this almost um, state of confusion in 2020. Mm -hmm. 2021, we're probably going to get this disease under control uh, with the vaccines. Um, however, there are going to be long-term effects. Um, it has taken this disease and all the, the, um, the battles, the fights we've had, the political and social financial battles that we've had um, have taken a toll on everybody. Um, and it's going to continue to take a toll into 2021. A, a lot of these things are gonna be delayed effects. Mm -hmm. um, people, and we'll talk about this as we go along, but people who have uh, a pre-existing mental health condition could be much worse in 2021. So there, there are a number of issues that uh, will emerge in this year that we're gonna have to deal with. And most of those, especially if we get the physical aspects of the disease under control, most of those are gonna be psychological and psychiatric. Absolutely. Yeah. And so in this article, the author, um, she reviews a, or, or discusses a couple of really specific areas that we're going to be facing, um, you know, issues in some of these areas that we're going to be facing over the course of the next year. Right. Um, and it is important to think about these. And, you know, while we're going to be addressing, uh, facing these things, it's important that we talk about it so we, we can plan and anticipate and hopefully, um, you know, vaccinate ourselves from a psychological perspective. Right. Yeah. To these things, you know, <clears throat> anticipating them, we can do something to help prevent them from happening. Right. That's a good point you, you, that you make. You have to immunize yourself against the psychological effects just as you have to immunize yourself against the physical effects. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so the first area that she talks about is that, that we're going to be facing in the next year is the issue of burnout and um, sedentism. Sedentism. Um, Did you ever see that word before? Um, I, I, it just seems like a, um, not in that form, of course, it seems like it's a... Um, derived from uh, sedentary. Sedentary, um, right. I, but, I, I had not seen the word sedentism before. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. have to look at it closely to, to see what it, right. what it is. Um, but yes. But sed uh, sedentism is living in one place for a long time. Uh, there are people uh, who never, who stay within a mile or two of, the, of their birthplace. You know, right. they, they, they live very close to where they were born and they spend their entire lives there. Um, um, so, and there's a word for that, it's called sedentism, okay? And certainly we've experienced that. Right, but the, but the issue here is that, um, the, the issue that the, um, the pandemic has introduced is that while there are those who do that and, and they do that willfully and, and intentionally, there are others who, who do move frequently. They, they, you know, maybe they own homes, you know, they're, uh, um, we call them down here snowbirds, um, folks that live up north, um, during the summer months and then they come down here during the winter months mm -hmm. um, that maybe weren't able to do that because right. of, you know, uh, fear uh, of, um, you know, becoming ill um, or being exposed to the virus. 
And so now they're stuck in those um, homes that they otherwise would have moved from uh, for periods of time over the course of the year. And there's consequences to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you have your typical normal routines, uh, that includes moving from one place to another, and you're not able to do that, you're going to have some consequences of that psychologically. Right. Yeah. So, so this inability, the, the, the being stuck in one place has been, Bernie, imagine if you were, I mean, happened to my sister, um, if you weren't working every day, if you didn't leave your apartment to work, you told me one time that there will be days that will go by where you don't speak to another person. You don't, you don't have oral language for two or three days. Right. Last last summer, um, when, when, you know, everybody was staying quarantined and everybody Mm -hmm. was, um, and, and school was out and, um, you know, we, now we would have, I would have patients some days, virtual patients some days, um, but, but there were days when, like weekends or something, when there were no patients. Um, yeah, I would go days um, without talking to anyone. Right, right. You told me that one time and I thought, wow, that's right. You wouldn't, Am I? And, uh, because there was no reason to. You know, schools weren't in session. There was not, you know, and, and I was struck by that. That was one of the, the, my favorite COVID stories is, you know, Bernie hasn't talked to people for, he hasn't, had a, he hasn't used oral language for three days or four days. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird, weird um, finding. Right. But, so the first thing all of us are struggling with is burnout and sedentism. Burnout, we've caught before, we've called it COVID fatigue or, um, you know, um, and so we're all, we're all just tired of it. Um, this homeschooling has been a very, very difficult for everybody, for parents, for kids, for teachers, um, trying to stay safe, you know, uh, uh, my son and I went to the grocery store, got in there and realized we didn't have our masks. And so we had to go to the counter and they gave us masks. The financial hardships uh, for many people, um, telemark- teleworking, um, the adjustments that we've all had to make with that, keeping up with new information, hoping that you have the latest information. Right. Now the latest information is when can I get my vaccine? Right. And there's all that confusion. Every day there's this tumult, this is stuff that you're trying to keep up with. And then coping with sickness and death. And she refers to it as whack-a-mole, that um, arcade game. This stuff keeps popping up. And that leads to burnout. Yeah. Sedentism is being in the same place all the time. And you know, you really have to feel for parents. My son is going through this. Um, parents who are home with their children day after day after day after day and can't go out as they used to. It's, you know, you can't take them to parks and to places. And so people are stuck in place. So burnout and sedentism are two things that we're going to have to deal with. We, we are dealing with them now. We're going to be dealing with them throughout 2021. Right, right. Because there's still going to be some isolation. There's still going to be some, um, you know, loneliness um, mm-hmm. uh, that accompanies this, this next, over the course of this next year. And so right. some people have really, really struggled. During, I mean, uh, with these issues. Many of us are fortunate because we're able to get out, we're able to stay active, but, um, but there are a lot of people out there who have really struggled with these uh, burnout and sedentism. Right. The, the second issue that she mentions is, is the, the main, the big issue of uh, sleep. Right. Um, that, right. you know, the, the nature of the pandemic, and, and it makes sense um, from a psychological perspective um, that, 
the anxieties and the worries and the fears could interrupt and interfere with sleep. Uh, in, um, yeah. Initial insomnia is really a, um, a significant issue when anxiety is, is at, at play. You, know, you, you lay there and you just ruminate over what, what's happening or what's going to happen or you know, different fears. But then you also have the, the issue of sleep because um, you know, when you stay inside all day, you start to lose, you start to lose uh, a sense of time. Um, you know, uh, you wake up and then you start doing something. And if you never go outside or, you know, the windows are closed and those kinds of things, you, you don't have the sun or anything else as a reference for what time of day it is. And suddenly it's night and it's time to go to bed again. And you don't, yeah. you haven't done anything to, to be ready to go to bed. All right. Yeah, the, the, the obvious thing is, you know, the stress of all this is going to interfere with sleep. But the other things that we don't typically think about are things like when you're home all day, you tend to nap. Right. You know, when you're at work, you're obviously not going to nap at, well, most nope. of us, some of us nap at work. Most of us don't nap at work. Um, but when you're home, you don't have that clear distinction between uh, work and home. And the lack of separation between work and home um, messes with your circadian rhythms. Right. I have lots of students, uh, and their parents will tell us that, that the, the, they, they don't have that clear separation between home and school. And so they're blending the two, right. and your day stretches out into 24 hours. Instead of seven-hour segments, where you're in school for seven hours, you're home for seven hours, you sleep for seven hours, um, now you're home for 24 hours and it has, it has disrupted um, your circadian rhythms, right? Um, the other thing is pandemic dreams. And I've heard people talk about these. Yeah. That, uh, people are dreaming in, in odd and mysterious ways because dreams are your brain's way of working things out and, and storing things in memory. And so people are having odd kinds of dreams uh, during the pandemic. Um, and so, um, and the last thing is weight gain. Right. We, we chuckle sometimes about the COVID-15, um, but for some people, uh, it becomes uh, a health issue because um, being overweight increases the chances that you're gonna have sleep apnea. And that's a more serious physical problem. Well, it, not just that, you know, and one of the reasons why there is weight is because, you know, it, it's sort of a, 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 a dual relationship because, um, weight of, you know, being, um, having weight related issues affects your sleep, but, you know, having sleep problems affects how much you eat. You know, right. if you're, if you're awake for more, for longer periods of the day, um, you, you have to eat more because, you know, um, you know, if you think about three primary meals for every 16 hours that you're awake, you know, if you're awake for um, 20 hours at a time, now that's an extra meal. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it keeps you up and you eat more. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So sleep is, you know, we talk about sleep all the time. Everybody's, you know, everything you read, you have to sleep better. But people are, if you're drinking more, you're not sleeping well. And we know people are drinking more. Uh, right. substance abuse has gone up. If you're using drugs and alcohol, you're not sleeping as well. Um, you're staying up, TVs are on, you're trying to keep up with the news. So all the things that you shouldn't do are things that we are doing right now. And we're caught, you're right, you're caught in this vicious cycle um, uh, 
of um, and, and what it's doing is it's messing up, messing your sleep. My sleep is a complete catastrophe right now. And I know that, but I'll, I'll have to work to get it under control. Right, absolutely. And that leads us into the third one, which is the, the idea that some mental health conditions, some disorders, you know, really thrive on isolation and, and this, the loneliness that we're experiencing. That's right. I think this is an excellent, this is really an excellent point and one that I hadn't thought about, but there are disorders that thrive in isolation. Right. And the most obvious, of course, is substance abuse. Right. Yeah. When there's no accountability, you, mm-hmm. you, you can, you sit in, a, in, a, in an environment where, um, you know, that's what you do. Right. You know? um, and so uh, alcohol abuse, uh, substance abuse in general, you know, really thrives off of that um, isolation. Right. You know what? Do, what the model? The model that Weight Watchers used for years was you had to do these public weigh-ins, right. or you go to NA meetings or AA meetings. It's it's being out there publicly, mm-hmm. uh, claiming um, and and uh, owning that you that, and it's that accountability that's missing right now. You know, when you have to go to work every day, and you put your um, you put your clothes on and they start to feel a little bit tight. Mm-hmm. That's a reminder that, okay, you got to cut back a little bit. But if you're home every day in your pajamas and you have an elastic band around the pajamas and you don't care what you look like, days are going to go by and you're going to be gaining weight that you don't know you're gaining. Right. You know? and so, so yeah, without support and accountability, eating disorders and substance abuse, um, they thrive. Okay. Plus right. you have the collective trauma, you know, that we're all experiencing and that, that creates isolation. And we now know that relapses of drug and alcohol abuse are increasing. And in fact, opioid abuse, which had been going down, is now spiking again. Okay? Right. And there are lots of um, opioid-related deaths are beginning to increase. Um, and well, so- and in, in addition to substance abuse and eating disorders, you have the whole idea that you know, anxiety and depression uh, thrive off of uh, isolation. I mean, you know, one of the thing, one of the main symptoms of depression is is withdrawal from other, uh, you know, other people in other situations, um, yeah. and, and a, a tendency to isolate oneself. Um, right. Anxiety, the same thing. You know, you're avoiding some of those situations that create anxiety. So, um, yeah, both of those also really um, strengthen uh, some of the symptoms associated with anxiety and depression. And that's why, and that's why we're always reminded and encouraged to get out as much as you can. Now, we, we are fortunate in that we live in a climate where we can go out every day. It might be chilly, but you can still go out. People who are in northern climates, this is the winter, and it's much more difficult to get out when you live in those climates. It's, it's dark early, it's cold rains, it's snow, and you're battling the elements to get out too. It's like what Mark Kelly said at first, yeah, Mark, Mark Kelly said about um, being in space. Right. You, you can't simply walk outside when you're when you're at the in the International Space Station. So you have to manage it differently. Right. Absolutely. And and, and that's a, another important point that was brought out in the article, and, and that is that um, these issues affect us differentially based upon all kinds of different factors. You know, right. um, as you've mentioned a few times, uh, rightfully so, the the idea that you know. For those of us who can, who are able to get out of the house to go to work, um, isolate. You know, we're not as isolated as those who are having to work from home. Right. Um, right. And so, those who have to work from home, 
you know, the, that sense of isolation and, and solitude increases. You know, I, I know of someone who, you know, not only is she working from home, but she um, has two kids that are homeschooling. Right. Um, right. And so, and she's, she's by herself. So mm-hmm. not only is, is um, you know, is there that isolation, but she's only with her kids. And um, she is, you know, so she's managing them 24 hours a day. She's working as much as she can and has to. And right. mm-hmm. she doesn't get a respite. Right, right. No, and, that, and that's the whole issue. That one of the things that's going to be a, an issue is that we're not experiencing this um, pandemic equally. Mm-hmm. We don't share equally in the pandemic. Right. Uh, there are a number of news stories that come out that, and I'm sure most people have seen them, that people who are very wealthy, Jeff Bezos and some others, they've made, they've added billions of dollars to their net worth during the pandemic. I mean, Jeff Bezos through Amazon has really flourished and other companies like that have really flourished during the pandemic. While other places, restaurants in particular, um, brick and mortar stores, um, shopping malls, other places are closing their doors, they're shuttering their doors. And so we're not, we're not experiencing this, this um, equally. Um, you mentioned the story about the, the parent with the two children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know a, a case where um, there's a, the one parent has to stay home because the children are preschoolers, they're not able to go to school yet. And they live in a fairly well-to-do area and they're watching their neighbors who are able to work from home or go to work, either one, they're doing just fine. And they'll say, hey, do you guys wanna do this or do that? Well, they, this couple can't because uh, A, they only have, they're down to one income instead of two incomes. Right. So they just can't do it. And it's creating a little bit of animosity in the neighborhood because they're not sharing this thing. They're not experiencing this thing equally. Right. Well, and the the more animosity from um, you know one family who's taking it seriously and isolating and doing all that kind of stuff, and then their neighbors not. Um, and, and, it's, and it's even you know it's really exacerbated when you have kids and the neighbor who's not taking all of this very seriously also has kids, and those kids are outside running around and having a good time and playing, and you know that. You know, you don't want to send your kids out there because you're, right. you're worried about exposure. And so then you have all of that to deal with with your kids. And so right. there, there's a lot of issues at, at play here. Right. Yeah. And then there's there's all the people who don't have a choice. You know, you have people who cannot work from bus drivers, mm-hmm. uh, janitors, people who have to be places to work. Um, they have to go whether there's risks or not. You have all of the healthcare workers who are walking into hospitals where this stuff is ubiquitous. I mean, imagine that you had to do that every day. Um, and so you have all those people who don't have a choice to work from home. Um, how, must, uh, how does it make them feel? Um, and then you have people who've lost their jobs. Right. But it's not just the loss of income. You also lose your health benefits at a time when you might need health. You're at increased risk for needing your health benefits. Right. And now you've lost them because they're tied to your job. Right. The other thing that I didn't realize is um, we, we've heard many stories about how the disease is differentially affecting Native Americans and, and people of color. Um, but another issue that came up was racism against Asians. Um, you know, there, there's this thing about the China virus and all that stuff. And so 
um, there have um, there have been increased uh, incidents of um, racial hatred um, aimed at Asians. Right, and, and and you know, and then there's the again thinking about the way in which this condition, the, the pandemic, is affecting us differentially. You have those people who were already a bit anxious, those who maybe had OCD related to germs and they're, they be, they're very anxious about cleanliness and things like that. You know, this pandemic has made those symptoms explode. I mean, they, they, they're just, um, they can't control themselves. And, you know, I have um, people that I'm working with who, you know, their, their hands are cracking mm-hmm. because they're washing their hands so much. Um, okay. And it gets to that, there's that tipping point where you want to wash your hands enough to stay safe and clean and, and, and protected, but you can't do it so much that you damage your hands and right. then they become vulnerable for other reasons. Right, yep. And we know people, we, have, we know many people who have obsessive compulsive disorder. Yep. And that got much worse during, I mean, especially if you're, if you're a germaphobe, right. worried about germs before the pandemic, Right. Imagine what it does to you. And I, we've had cases where people have really had some serious, um, almost psychotic episodes yeah. because they became so worried about the virus that they actually got, got sick. Right. Yeah. right. Um, the other thing, one more that I hadn't thought about right. um, in the LGBTQ commun- community, um, you might be spending a lot more time with people who don't accept you. Right. If you, you know, if you're going to school every day you're out, or you're a college student and you're gay, but you're on campus, you're not in your house. Well, now that if campus is closed and you have to return home and your parents don't accept you, um, that can create considerable strain on a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then, and <laughs> this phrase, inequality kills, was that, that was, statement was made by Lisa Carlson. And Lisa Carlson is um, the past president of the American Public Health Association. She teaches at the Emory uh, University School of Medicine. Right. And much of this article that we're talking about is based on her work um, right. at Emory um, about the mental health pandemic. She's a, a physician there at Emory. And um, so much of this is taken from her. And there's a quote at the end that we'll, we'll attribute to her as well. Um, so this information um, is, uh, um, it, it's really, it's really going to be a serious problem. She talks about inequality kills. There's going to be a lot of anger. There's going to be a lot of animosity. I don't think it's going to lead to um, um, riots or, or that, but I think there's going to be a lot of um, ill will, right. animosity, anger um, that we're going to have to deal with, that people are going to have to struggle with as we see this pandemic wind down. Right, and, and that, that leads to that issue of, um, you know, people who, who aren't, who are no longer, you know, infected or, or people who were never even infected by the virus right. but are sick. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, you know, sick from the psychological effects. Um, you know, there is that phenomenon of the, the long haulers who, um, you know, were infected with the virus um, and seem to have recovered from the virus, but continue to have lingering physical symptoms for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, but then you know, again, there's others with the, with the psychological effects that continue um, and, and maybe even worsen over time um, as a result of the pandemic. Right, um, yeah, there's a difference. Be, yeah, there's a difference being infected and being sick. 
Right. So illness can last much longer than the infection, right. as it has in many cases. People go get, they get their test, test is negative, but they, they remain um, with symptoms right. long after the disease is gone. Right, absolutely. Um, is, is there a silver lining in all of this? Maybe. <laughs> I think it depends on how you want to, um, on, on how you think about it and how you approach it. Because, you know, clearly this is a time in which, you know, most of us can see that there are, that we're experiencing consequences of the pandemic that we can't fully control, um, whether it's anxiety, depression, stress, um, whatever words we want to use to describe it. We're, we're all experiencing those things and, and it becomes increasingly difficult to manage. Um, and so it's, it's increased that awareness of, you know, maybe I need to get some help. Maybe I need to get some support. And so hopefully, you know, one of the things that the pandemic and, and this whole, um, you know, situation can do is sort of decrease that stigma about getting mental health support, mental health therapy, so that people in need will be more willing to go out and, and get the help that they need. They, they will be, you know, less reluctant to, um, to seek that support because we all, we, we all need it. Right. Um, there's, there's this phrase going around, but I really need to see somebody or I really need to see us. I really need to see a shrink is how a lot of people I'm really struggling. So the stigma of um, seeking mental health um, assistance um, may be diminishing because people are realizing, oh, this is not as bad as I thought, or this is this isn't what I understood it to be, um, and it's really been a big help for me to be able to talk to somebody else about it. I've had many patients come in and say, no, I'm, I'm okay. I just I just feel good to be able to talk about this every week and kind of unload it. I'm not on a family member, not on a spouse, not on my kids. It gives me a way to to air this out in a sort of a neutral setting. And, and teletherapy really helps with that because right. you know one of part of the you know. Part of the stigma for many people is having to go to a mental health therapist's mm -hmm. office you know right. um so being able to log in from wherever you are um and talk in you know you know you don't even have to leave your home um it is certainly a, a benefit uh for that that has come out of the the pandemic um, right yeah it really, it really has made a huge difference um we were all concerned about telehealth teletherapy when, when we first um were shocked into having to use it. And we thought, oh my gosh, <clears throat> how is this going to work? Many patients really appreciate it. People with uh, physical disabilities, right. um, ambulatory problems, people who don't drive. I mean, I have many people who don't drive for one reason or another. And this has been a fabulous um, boom. This has been a wonderful change for them. Um, you have other people who have to take time off work. Right. Now they can see us during their lunch hour or some other time of the day. And so, um, no, the teletherapy, um, I think, I hope is here to stay. Uh, I think it'll be particular. it's going to be especially important for many people. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, so that may be one of the benefits coming out of this. Yeah. So, so yeah, the benefits from the pandemic hopefully is that, um, you know, we, we have a decrease in the stigma, but you know, that, that, that increased willingness to support and help each other uh, and to be there for each other and to understand that, you know, we're, we're all going through this together. No matter, no matter who you are, no matter where you live, um, this pandemic affects everyone. So <clears throat> we need to be there for each other. 
Right, right. That's right. And that will that that was one of the you know the most glaring example of animosity is with masks. Right. You know how angry you get when you see people who belligerent. So well, I don't have to. Work. No, you don't have to, but it would be nice if we all shared this experience equally. You know, that, and that's an area where we can. You know, we can't with work and we can't with school. But one of the areas where we can be considered is hey, it's not a problem. I can wear a mask. You know, it's not a big deal. So, yeah, yeah we're we're in this together. That's right. How many times have you said that in the column and and here? You know, that we can do this, but we have to do it together. Right. Yeah. We we can't do this alone. Um, nor should we. I mean, again, we've already talked about the consequences of that isolation and loneliness. So let's let's do it together so that. In the very least, we we battle that uh, right. that issue. Um, but that that final quote that you mentioned from Carlson is is a great is a great quote, right. um, and, and certainly is a is a you know a push for mental health awareness for everyone. Yeah, we really see it with this pandemic the the relationship between physical health and mental health. I mean, I think that if not if one of the things that I've become acutely aware of is that people are beginning to realize that there is a relationship. Right. You can't separate physical health and mental health. They come together. Right. Um, and, and, and we realize that now that, um, yes, we're struggling physically, but goodness, we are all struggling emotionally. Right. Um, that's what these sort of things do to us. And so um, I think it's, it's uh, given the entire country, um, our whole culture, um, a, a new, fresh uh, look and appreciation for, for mental health. Um, maybe we'll move, maybe finally we'll move toward parity. We talked, we've been talking about parity for 25 years right. and maybe, maybe we'll move toward parity. Absolutely. And so, so the quote from her is, uh, every time we talk about public health, we should talk about mental health. And every time we talk about COVID-19, we should talk about mental health. Right. And, and again, it's a good reminder that, you know, everything um, that we are experiencing, whether it's COVID-19, or it's public health in general, or my goodness, if it's political climate, the um, uh, in social injustice um, right. and social equity um, issues, we should be talking about mental health. Um, right. it, it permeates everything. Um, and so we need to make sure that we're thinking about that and thinking about our own mental health as well as our neighbor's mental health. Right, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully move toward parity because you know we know that a lot of people who need mental health can't get access because of their insurance benefits or they don't have insurance or they have a different type of insurance. And so I think that's hopefully will be a discussion that occurs at a national level um, that, that uh, we start to um, give people access, give more people access to mental health services. Because once again, there's, there's a disparity between the haves and the have-nots when it comes to access to healthcare. Absolutely, absolutely. Mental health care. All right, there is a link to the article in the show notes so you can check it out and uh, read a little bit more about what Dr. Carlson has to say. Um, it's a great article, so. All right, that is it then for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid. <laughs>